for Book Talk, the literary podcast where we have been deep diving into your favorite novels. This is Jack. And I'm Amy. And our listeners love to share their thoughts and theories via email and voicemail, so we're sharing some of them via our weekly mini episodes. The views expressed by the hosts and listeners are entirely their own and in no way represent the thoughts or intentions of the original author. This podcast is a discussion, shared spark thought and conversation on the characters and themes of this novel. Spoilers may be discussed with or without warning. Explicit language as well as themes of sex, violence, abuse, death, and depression will recur throughout this podcast. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to our mini episode series. During each mini, we'll be reading listener feedback and theories, as well as discussing all things Sarah J. Mass, including her Akatar, Crescent City, and Throne of Glass series. All right, we asked you on Instagram to ask us anything. Anything? Anything. Here is your anything. Favorite slash least favorite book tropes. I can't remember, but I specifically this morning was like, I fucking hate this trope, and now I can't remember. (laughs) Was it in the book you just read? I can't remember. <laughs> I was so mad about it. I don't think it was. I think it was something else. But I was like, no, I remember it. OK, this isn't a trope at all. So I'm not listening. I'm not answering you. It's another book that I read and I enjoyed the book. But all the time the author was like they were playing music and then they list the song and then the artist. And it would be mm. like over and over and over again. And there's been it, it just stops me from the scene. And then I'm like, do I have to go and listen to the song now? Like, yeah, uh, it's almost as if they were writing the scene while listening to the song. Yeah. And they are. Which is fine. Which is fine. But like you're taking me out of it and you're also making me feel not cool for not knowing the song. (laughs) And that's the thing. That's a thing with writing is don't alienate alienate your reader. Mm -hmm. Um, Favorite and not favorite book tropes. Favorite book trope. Enemies to lovers. God. I eat that like popcorn. Oh, yeah. So good. Oh, yeah. Your least favorite? Brother's best friend. Brother's best friend. Yeah. I guess if we're doing tropes, enemies of lover, sucker for that. Uh, Least favorite, still searching. Pregnancy? I'll take it. I mean, I'm not saying I won't take it. I like a good pregnancy. When done right, I do like a good pregnancy trope. You know what? Like, I (laughs) I want him to like get her pregnant at the beginning and have it be a whole thing no i guess like my least favorite is severely intense miscommunication that's my that is your that is my least favorite i think my i think i think i love a slow burn and for that reason i strongly dislike when people get together really easily at the beginning Mm -hmm. of a of a book yeah i just why is it so easy i want you guys to I want you guys to have angst and struggle. Yeah, you love angst. I love angst. Love it. Have you both ever considered writing a book together? We have considered writing so many things together. We've written a rock opera based off of Muse's album, Absolution, which is an amazing rock opera. Yeah. Uh, Think Wuthering Heights meets Romeo and Juliet meets Dystopia. It's amazing. It's It's post-apocalyptic dystopian society. I love it. It's a great rock opera. I think at one point we're going to. It's inevitable. Yeah, yeah it is. We're just so good together. We are. And and look, Jack is working on her romance novel. She comes to me for the angst. And then I'm working on a romance novel and I go to her for I advice mean, as well. Yeah, angst too. Last night I gave you some good oh, angst. Yeah, that yeah. Even to the point you were like, 
what are you trying to do here? Like, I don't think we have to go that hard. <laughs> so but like, we do come to each other for advice quite a bit. Uh, yeah. You know, I think that was always a pleasant surprise. I was with the rock opera. We're like, oh, we work really well together yeah. of like bouncing ideas. Yeah. So no matter what I write, you're going to know there's an Amy element to it. Yeah. I think we're just so creatively in sync that we'll always use each other in the best way possible. In the best way possible. Yeah. But one day us writing a novel together, we all know it'll happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know what I would love for us to do? What? Two different POVs. You you strictly write one POV. I strictly write the other POV. Oh, my God. So I write a chapter. You write a chapter. And we but, don't know where the fuck it's going. Okay. I, I lost me. <laughs> well, it was like we come up with a through line. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously come up with a through line. But you might throw in like conversation pieces. I had no idea what's going to happen. Oh, I love that. That'd be an interesting. We kind of make our own house of leaves. Yeah. Oh. What's your ideal smut to plot ratio in a book? Jack's is going to be different from mine. I, you'd be surprised. I'm going to say almost 50-50 slash a little bit more plot. Yeah, I lean on more plot. Yeah. Um, Because I'm a storyteller at the end of the day. Well, it depends on what kind of book I'm reading. Like, if I'm reading a fantasy book, then, you know, I want like 25% smut. Yeah, that's you know. Fair. But if I'm reading a romance book like one of my rom-coms, then, yeah, I mean, if it gets too smutty all the time. I think for me, the smut needs to be meaningful. And for it to be meaningful, there has yes. to be a story and there has to be character development and growth yep. and conflict. So definitely less than 50%. I would say, now, this isn't an insult to the book, because it was a great fucking book. Pucking around. That was the why choose with the three oh, yeah. guys. And yeah. I was like, walked away like, I've learned things, Amy, that I didn't know were possible. <laughs> that was, I loved that book. I had a fun time. So much smut. She had three men to go through. There was yeah, a yeah. Lot of, That's a lot of there smut. There was a lot of smut to get through. And yeah, it's like, there has to be something. Like, the, I do like it when there's a steamy scene, but it, it meant something. Like, it's yeah. okay if they have sex off scene. I don't have to see it every single time. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Do you guys think anyone can write a book or a fanfic with no experience? So I thought of this earlier today and mm -hmm. I was like, wisdom. Ready for wisdom? Yep. Hold on, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> um, every author has not written a book until they've written a book. It's true. That is wisdom. I think if you're nervous about writing but you want to write, start small. Write yeah. a scene. Yeah. I When I was in high school and I wrote fanfic, I started with 1,000 words or less. Yep. And I would just write scenes. No one has experience until you make experience. Yeah. Like that's the that's the thing where, you know, an experience doesn't have to be public for everyone. Could be for yourself. Take this metaphor. Oh, I love a metaphor. Sometimes you've got to get an internship without experience in order to get the internship <laughs> that requires experience. And sometimes that internship is working here at this podcast. <laughs> but I'm just <laughs> saying, like, it's impossible yes. to expect someone to have experience in order to get an entry-level job. And that's the thing where it's like, I mean, back in the day when I applied for internships, it was like, do you have previous internship experience? Like, no, I don't. That's why I'm applying for the internship. I'm here. Yeah. And it's like, you you know, you're not going to have experience until you make your own experience. Yeah. It's on you. I believe in you. Am I the only one who read Amarantha's name as Clamantha? from fish hooks i just it's so sh it's a quick little thing I, uh, you might be but i love it yeah no no not me
What are the overall tropes, themes, ideas that your books are about? That's a great question. Amy's looking at me with confusion and slight aggression. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just I'm I'm not sure how I would categorize my tropes. I would say tropes, themes, ideas. Yeah. I think themes for you. Themes for me would include responsibility. Mm -hmm. What's a good word for wanting you can't wanting what you can't have? I mean, I think that's good enough. We get the gist. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of wanting what you can't have, I think, is really for me overall for every character. How do you deal with desire Mm -hmm. that you've been told? Oh, this is really eye opening for myself. (laughs) How do you deal with desire that you've been told your entire life is unacceptable? Oh, that's yeah. And that's that's hitting home. That's knowing you. And everything, yes. Yeah. And that's, I mean, and this book I've has been in my head since I was 18. For a reason. For a reason. That is what my series, my fantasy series wow. is about. My fantasy series is, the theme I'd say is a lot to do with mental health and the magic is meant to represent that mental health. And then for my romance book, I really would like some of the themes would be about like eventually learning independence, mm-hmm. like slowly being able to stand up for yourself. Yeah. Slow process. Yeah. Slow process. Thoughts on male authors versus female authors. I like women more. (laughs) I I think male authors too easily have their work lauded simply because they're male. Yeah. I mean, Pierce Brown, who wrote Red Rising, I will sing him praises until he does something not acceptable. And yeah, if he gets in trouble. But like he's an amazing author. I love his series. He did a great job. I think men struggle capturing characters beyond what they're used to. I think you're right. I think that men have a hard time having empathy for anything outside they know. Yeah. What they know. And I'm going to say this and people are going to be mad at me and I don't really care. Okay. Okay. I think authors like the great American novelists Uh and J.R.R. Tolkien Uh and... Brandon Sanderson are overrated. No, I agree. I completely agree. I hate that Tolkien is like celebrated with Lord of the Rings. Like, yeah, he, I mean, cool ideas and everything, but like, it's a boring ass book. I think I saw this on TikTok where someone was like, if Brandon Sanderson were a woman, his books would be categorized as YA. But because he's not a woman, they're categorized as fantasy, high fantasy. Yep. And and it's not his fault. No, that is the the industry. Yeah. But it makes me despise him so much. I don't I'm I can spot a male author like if I were to read scenes because it's like you're you don't get it. Like you just I absolutely don't like. Oh, what was it? John Green, like Mm -hmm. some of his books, like he wrote a lot of books that's like from teenage girl about teenage girls and their experience. I'm like, don't you don't get to agree to that, like or not agree. You don't get to you don't get to do that to do that or understand it. And you know, and you're just like put, trying to put yourself in the mindset of it. And, you know, maybe you're able to, maybe you can imagine it, but no, you cannot. Yeah. The male authors I do love because I, there are male authors I do love. Mm-hmm. I think it's because their characters are deeply flawed. And I think what's the difficulty with male authors is the fact that their characters are not flawed enough. Yeah, absolutely. I think men ignore the flaws. Unless, in themselves. Unless it's like the other female characters. Unless then, it's a female character. Then they're all flawed up. Yeah. But when a male can write about a flawed male character. I'm on board. It's worth my time. Agreed. 
What was your favorite fantasy series when you were younger? Same answer. Obviously, Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. It's like, look, I don't agree with J.K. Rowling. I don't. I can't stand what she represents and what she believes in now. I love those books and I will forever. Yeah. I mean, Harry Potter is what got me to love reading and writing. And yeah. I also don't like J.K. Rowling as a person, but I can't deny that that's my truth and that I will always be grateful for that. I had a lot of learning disabilities growing up. I had to go to special resource classes and everything. And I was in those classes like for a very long time. And even to this day, I, I can't spell because it's like a processing thing in my head, like the wires are crossed. So I didn't learn how to read for a really long time. And it wasn't until Harry Potter came out and I had the books on tape and I read it and I would read it at the same time. That's what taught me to read. Mm -hmm. And then when my dad died, it was it kind of matched up when Sirius died. So it was all very I have a lot of love for those books. Yeah, same. What was your first romance novel that you read? That's a great one. So Are my count. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. You go. Should we count fan fiction? Oh, absolutely. Because okay, that good. was my answer. OK, good. My first fan or my first romance was definitely a Buffy, super smutty, spicy romance fanfic between mm -hmm. Buffy and Spike mm -hmm. and that I read on the internet. Someone had randomly built their own website oh. and put it on their website. Did you know it was going to be spicy when you read it? Because my first spicy book or it was a fan fiction. It was an Inuyasha fan fiction. And it had like lemon. Remember lemons or limes like that was indicate that it's spicy. I had I didn't know what it meant. Mm. And so I went into it being like Inuyasha and Kagome. Yay. And then just like, what are they doing? It it had an NC-17 rating on it. Like the author had said, this is an NC-17 story. Oh, that's funny. So I was like, oh, but it's Buffy. It'll be fine. Oh, it was so good. It changed things in it me. Changed. All of a sudden, it was like, I will only read Lime. Like, you know, people talk about boys nowadays watching porn at such a young age. Watch out for the girls who read spicy fanfics at a young age. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was... We are spicy there's a reason if elaine doesn't choose lucian do you think he'll recover and or find love and be able to let go we talked about this in our recent high lords episode did we i don't even want to entertain this idea it makes me sad in episode 15 we talk about how baron helian and the lady oh, of autumn yeah. are a almost cautionary of what happens if lucian and elaine don't end up together yep, yep. i don't think you, I mean, reset it clearly. Like, he'll always feel a tie to her and she will always feel a tie to him. There's no truly moving on. Yeah, I agree. I I don't know what that means. Every indication from SJM's writing seems to show that it's going to work out. But I also wouldn't mind if they do separate. They have a longing. They learn to yes. be friends. Yep. But they but, you know, they've chosen lives that don't allow them to be together. Well, I mean, it goes back to my theory that I think Elaine's going to have to be the one to pursue him. But what if he ends up with someone like he ends up married to someone? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think they will end up together for sure. And to your point, like they could live entirely separate lives until then. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing what you know of Lucian's backstory, does it change your opinion of book of him and from book one? Yeah, I think it's safe to say we all... I, I'm still pissed at him in Thorns and Roses. Yeah, no, he sucked in Thorns and Roses. Yeah. He was not a nice guy. No, he he was an ass. He was an ass. 
am I capable of more empathy for the place that we, he was in? And mm-hmm. the, am I capable of understanding potentially the reasons why he was such an asshole? Yes, more so than when we recorded season one. But he's a grown-ass man and he should have been better. I agree. Yeah. And also, it wasn't his backstory that did it for us. It was uh, Gabriel, for sure. It was sure. Gabriel, 100. Yeah, we knew his backstory. That's <laughs> true. When we criticized him. <laughs> it's true. It was like, oh, no, you had a tragic past. Fuck you. Move on. <laughs> Who is your favorite fail? Faye male <laughs> in SJM's world. Cassian. Cassian. Cassian all the way. He's just so emotionally intelligent. What were your thoughts of each other when you first met? Was it friendship at first sight? Well. <laughs> it was something at first sight. It was something. I I wasn't bothered that you called me by the wrong name consistently. I, I Yeah. Okay. So for context, I, did, I missed the first week of class. You missed the first week of class. Because I was somewhere else. There was a whole, like, everyone knows everyone's name situation. And I just, like, from my point of view, I just walked in, recognized Amy, sat down next to her. And I was like, oh, my God, Christy. Hey. Amy was like, I'm I'm not Christy. I was like, Christy, you're hilarious. We've had class together. No, we have not. Christy. (laughs) And I was like, fine, you can call me Christy. And she did. Yeah. And then you got mono. I got mono and then genuinely blacked out for the next several months. And no one would sit next to her. And yeah. I'm not a dramaphobe, so I was like, it's fine. Like, nobody deserves to not. Yeah, no one sat next to me. No I mean, one... it's, I wasn't, like, making out with people. <laughs> right. But no one, literally no one would sit next to you. So I was like, it's, like, I don't care. I'll sit next to you. Whatever. I'm, if I get, Did I don't I think I'm going to talk during those months? Like, I passed out so much so that on the weekends I wouldn't get up and my mom had to move me just to make sure I was still breathing. You would come to class so pale and just, like, sit in a corner and just be like, I'm sick. Yeah. But I'm here. And then one day in October, the best way I can describe it is I woke up and I looked over and I was like, oh, my God, you like you have a friend. And then I'm I, turning 21. Want to come to my birthday? And the rest is history. Like, that's, that's really. It. Yeah, I came to my birthday and I was like, cool, let's go. So it was um, Christy and Mono at first sight. <laughs> what Taylor Swift song would you use to describe each other? Oh, no, sorry. What? That's a great question that, that they is did a not great ask. Question. So that's not what they said, but that's <laughs> what we're going to answer. <laughs> Mastermind for you. Oh, yeah. That's an excellent one for me. Yeah. I, I, Amy, no, for it wasn't an accident. She completely did this. But I have six days off of work later this month because of how Amy coordinated telling me what PTO days to take off. And you only had to take three PTO days. In relation to Memorial Weekend. Yeah. I didn't realize it until... <laughs> later i was like oh my god did you do this on purpose yeah (laughs) there's so many good ones to me you're something that would i'm having a hard time picking which one i want you're something really really peppy and happy but also has an emotional thread to it Mm, thank you i would also choose i did something bad for you oh yeah yeah that's (laughs) that is me um (laughs) For whatever reason, State of Grace comes to mind. Ooh, I like State of Grace. For you. Thank you. Um, Another one would be, I don't know why, but Speak Now. Oh, interesting. I don't know why. Yeah. But it's just that I am not the kind of girl who should be rudely barging in on a white veil occasion. That was my jam back in the day. Something, Something about it is just Jack. I don't I can't tell you what I do. I do know what I think that was like what came out when we were in college. And that probably what I made you listen to. I refuse to listen to. Yeah. 
Okay, so I'm going to stick with State of Grace, though. Yeah. I think that's the one that makes the most sense to me. That's funny. I enjoy I love that. Do you like the series more or less as you take this literary dive into it? More. More. Way more. Way more. And Thorns and Roses used to be my least favorite, and now it might be my most favorite mm. because of the literary analysis. Like, Thorns and Roses is a literary masterpiece. Yeah. In my it mind. Is. It really is. And I will fight anyone who disagrees. I will f- Fight to the death. I'm just going to leave that at that. Fighting to the death. I love it. If you could live in any court in Prithian, which would it be? So we get this question a lot, and I think we should answer this, but remove all politics. So take away the high lords. Yeah. Take away, like, they're all happy, happy places. Yeah. So I always say day court because knowledge and their access to that. And I feel like that's a really powerful place to be. Honestly, though, if I could be a bronzed goddess like Helion. Oh. Because I hate the fact that I burn all the time. Okay. Like, so you go to the day court and you're like, not just smart, but like tanned. (laughs) I want to be, I I want. (sighs) You are half Chinese, half ginger. Yeah. And your Chinese side. You should tan. Your siblings tan. Yeah. My siblings tan. My mother is a redhead and I got her skin and I burned to a lobster every time. And I just like olive brown skin is just so beautiful. Do you look at my mom when she's tan and you're like, yes. Yeah, I yeah. do. And I look at I know individuals who are like half black, half Asian and mm-hmm. they have beautiful skin. And I just have so much love for their skin i want to wear it yeah it's what okay (laughs) (laughs) your face i felt my whole head like whip a little bit to the side on that one like wait what i basically i want to be helian's child is what i'm saying his child and lover. <laughs> I want to be his lover. I want to be his child. I want to be his skin wearer. <laughs> that's awful. And I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> that's And that's her dark romance. <laughs> that is my dark romance. All right. Last question. As aspiring authors, what would you most want readers to take away from your books? Pain. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> I want so much emotion that you feel wrecked, but in the best way possible. And I'll go back to college and creative writing class. And, you know, no one ever said this to me. But in my mind, this is what everyone thought. No one gave compliments in that class. No. Nope. But I like to imagine that my stories, again, may not have been the most groundbreaking writing. But I always felt like I had really compelling like a story of like, huh, that's interesting. Like, that's... I just wanted to stick with someone and I I want someone to walk away not feeling great <laughs> afterwards. Like just kind of like, I like, OK, that's going to stick with me for a while. I don't know that I'm your level, but I make myself cry in emotional scenes when I write it. Mm-hmm. And I want that emotional transfer. I do love a good complex emotion in the sense of and that doesn't mean complex writing, but just being like, I don't know if everyone was good in this like just yeah. kind of like i were you and were we in the same writing class where there was like a high school themed one no no i only the only one i remember from the stories that i wrote when we were in the same class was the uh voicemail one and the overdose 
No, I think you've only told me about that one a million times. Okay. Then I don't remember anything I've written that you've that you I've, read. I've given you two. I gave you two of them. Yeah. Remember from. Yep. I don't remember. I have. I didn't reread them. So okay. we should go back and reread them. Yeah, we should. But I mean, that. yeah. So I think that's I will always want people to walk away just kind of having it stuck in their head. Yeah. I want to. I don't know that I want to say I want to ruin someone's day. No, just their life. <laughs> <laughs> I just want someone to have read what I wrote and I want it to be memorable. Yeah. I want yeah. the emotions to be memorable. Absolutely. I'm sure people are thrilled, thrilled to read our stuff. I wonder if it's a little bit surprised. Now, you and I are both willing to go dark, so I'm not going to be like, I claim the dark side or anything mm-hmm. like that. We're both willing to go dark. I think I'm willing to go a little fucked up. You're will, Yeah, you are. And I, I will not deny that. Yeah. But out of each other's personalities. You would think it would be me. Absolutely. Yep. Amy wants to wreck you. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but Jack wants to fuck with your head. Yeah. 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 You just want them to to bleed emotionally. Yes. Yeah. I want them to, to walk... suffer brain damage. Apparently. Kind of, yes. <laughs> Personality wise, totally the opposite, right? You <laughs> yeah. <think> the other. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this mini episode of Book Talk for Book Talk. We encourage you to rate and subscribe to our show on your preferred podcast listening platform. We would love to hear your thoughts based on today's conversation. You can submit your comments to our form at booktalkforbooktalk.com or via our Camflare voicemail system. Please visit booktalkforbooktalk.com for more information. You can also follow us on TikTok or Instagram at the handle booktalkforbooktalk. Bye!